Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. And away we go. Hello again, and welcome to the Art and Business of Community Theater, also known as the Monroe Community Players Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David Warren. Looking around the green room, I see... Brian Burchett-Ross. Ron Roberts. And, oh no, <gasps> Mr. Yeoman is in the scene. Um, Bob is under the weather, um, so hopefully he will be back with... I shouldn't say hopefully. <laughs> we know he'll be back with us next time. Um, he's, he's, he's absent out of an abundance of caution in this age that we live in. We miss you, Bob. Uh, we miss you. We Bob. do. We do. Um, so that was rather sudden. So um, it's just the three of us today, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to plug away. I think we... we go uh, for it, Mo. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> 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 well, as you know, I don't have the hair for Mo, but... Yeah. Um, I have the hair for Danny Warbucks. <laughs> or, or the lack of. The lack of us, maybe. <laughs> Got that out of the way early. There yeah, is. boy, you did. So, so there we go. There's actually been an episode or two that I don't think I've made the Annie reference. So. <laughs> a little sad. Um, so I thought let's start with a, um, let's, well, let's start with a show review. Yeah, I heard you went and saw something. Yes, I mm-hmm. saw Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, I've been wanting to see that for so long. And, and you know, I think you really would like it. Yeah, it would have been but, nice to go. But I, I, I'm sure it would have been. But and I appreciate that um, I was gifted the tickets by somebody. Um, I don't know if he wants me to say who. Yeah, yeah, uh, I do. Okay. I do. I really do. <laughs> uh, I was gifted the tickets by uh, Mr. Burchette Ross, who's sitting here. I neglected to think. Oh, perhaps Ron Roberts would like to go. Um, make it make a groupies evening of it. Um, I did take uh, Robert Yeoman with us, so we can get his opinions next time if we'd like. Um, but, but I tell you, it was, well, Brian, for your sake, it was a whole disappointment. <laughs> just, I just, that's two and a half hours I'll never get back. Yeah. Two and a half hours? Oh, actually, almost three. Oh. Um, um, <laughs> from my perspective, the most interesting thing <laughs> was that they were selling wine. Hmm. Not that I partake of wine, but the I, Jill Patchen, who's over at the, I, I know through the Community Theater Association of Michigan, always said, you want to make money, get yourself an alcohol license, get yourself some wine, and get yourself a, ba- a sippy cup to put right. it in so they aren't spilling it in the theater. Well, guess what they're selling at the professional theaters now? Sippy cups. With- Basically sippy cups of wine. Some of them were not in sippy cups, but some were. And it's like, ah, that's cool. And where did you see this at, This Dave? was at the Fisher Theater in Detroit. It's okay. a Broadway in Detroit. Okay. Um, so the uh, 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 snacks were reasonably priced for for theater concessions. My bottle of water was only six dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. <laughs> that's like what? Again, not compared to the football. Game. I was going to say that's four less than the football. Yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> as Bob would point out, you know, that's that's cheaper than Disney World prices. Um, uh, they also sold, you know, snacks in. A, <laughs> I go see a whole play, and I'm talking about this now. I know <laughs> this is important stuff. Um, but you know, they they sold nuts, they sold lots of things, they sold popcorn in bags, though. And it's like I think I've said before, I'm not a big fan of crinkly stuff during a play, mm-hmm. especially when it's a person next to you chomping very loudly with their mouth open. There it is. Yep, yep. There it is. <laughs> um, but uh, with the sound systems they have in the theater, um, it works out pretty well. Um, the show, I I enjoyed it. Um, I. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't been listening to the soundtrack ten times a day, mm-hmm. um, which which I imagine a lot of young people have been doing, mm-hmm. um, because I think it really speaks 
I'm not the, I'm, I'll just say, I'm probably not the target audience. Right. Um, but it is a, it does deal with a fairly sensitive subject of uh, teen suicide in a very tasteful way. It, in many ways, the plot, um, it's almost like a 60s sitcom. Really? The plot is, hmm. uh, just to let you know, because it's essentially the main character who we grow to like in the first few scenes does something that grows wildly out of control and he can't spin it back. I, I won't tell you how, how everything ends up, but basically, it you know, it's the kind of thing, frankly, you see Lucy Ricardo. It's like you, you start with one little lie, it becomes a bigger lie, bigger lie, bigger lie. Kind sure. Of. Um, but this lie is so horrific. Um, Turns ugly. It, it's probably not. Uh, there's no kiss, and uh, it'll be all right at the end. Um, which isn't to say that it's not an uplifting ending. Uh, you know, go see it. You'll have to find out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my guess, though, is you've been listening to the soundtrack five times a day or whatever. <laughs> you, you've got you've figured it, figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, those that haven't, though, it's worth it. But the staging was very interesting to me. They did. Fisher does have a couple t- turntables, which we had actually mentioned last episode. Um, so what the smoothness of those scene changes and that's a danger when you're when you do theater on a regular basis you sometimes go to these shows and and you get taken out of the moment very quickly because it's like oh that's a neat effect gee i wonder where they bought those led lights and what kind of radio control those are under because the lighting was frankly as much part of the show as anything else because of you know you know the days the days of the old light operator up there trying to swivel that spotlight around they're gone this these lights just pinpoint accuracy boom 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 they're they're focused here they're focused there what pressure though (laughs) those actors have to be under now to hit their marks oh yeah because it's like you step the wrong way, that light's not going to sense that you are not in your light. Um, whereas the old uh, light operator could probably shift it if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be right on your mark. Um, oddly enough, um, the cast, of course, was nice and good. I was a little disappointed in some of the voices. Mm. Um, I, I did not bring a program with me, so I, I can't remember who played what. But um, I thought the, the the lead character, the lead actor. And he had a little trouble with some of those higher notes. Hmm. It's allergy season here in Michigan, so that could be a part of it. Um, but, but, but like I said, they, they put a lot of emotion into their songs, but like I say, the, the, the tones weren't quite as um, good as you would like to see. Um, I thought, frankly, that he, he was playing a high school senior, but he seemed to be talking at first like a fifth grader or trying to sound younger than he was. And he was a young-looking young man to start with. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, sometimes folks just just give us your normal voice. And maybe that was. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm doing a, <laughs> uh, doing a disservice to him. But, you know, just give us your normal voice. Don't try to act younger. You know, just because you're in your 20s, you can... If you're in your 20s to someone my age you can pass as a high school senior without any problem because Absolutely. everyone under 30 looks like they're in junior high to me yep does the name anthony norman ring a bell that sounds like him yeah okay oh let me see he was like I say he was very good except for vocally i, I thought he started off a little too young hmm. okay. um, and as the play went on he he, I, he, he changed somewhat uh, but uh, they did like I say costuming was excellent the uh, playing what was interesting they made real good use of scrims so because social media plays heavily into this play basically they had twitter feeds or fake social media feeds all around the stage all the time wow. so the as these scrims move in and out and around mm-hmm. the feeds moved in and out and around essentially 
but they never got in the way of the actors because again the timing of these computer programs now are such that you know here comes the turntable here comes the scrim and i'm sure that was all automated mm -hmm. um, because those pieces were just moving and flying and the actors just had to be where they were supposed to be wow. um but like i say very this the script itself there was only one thing that kind of right early on is like that didn't seem natural to me from a playwright perspective, mm -hmm. um, but it was necessary to move the story along. Yeah. Um, but but like I say, lighting was just beautiful, uh, uh, like acting solid solid job all around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was not a single actor I did not believe on stage. Cool. Um, though, I, like I say, there may have been one or two moments where it's like. I don't think that's you know how that person might sound at that moment, yeah. um, but like so overall, I, you know, I didn't sit there fidgeting. I looked at my watch only once. Oh. And that is because perhaps I don't like Act Two of any show, because like Hamilton, I say this one went on maybe twenty minutes too long. <laughs> I have heard you say that before. Yes. So, so that's that's probably a personal problem. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, the bladder wasn't pushing me or anything. It was just kind of like, okay, I, I think I know where this is going. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> um, and some of that is, again, the script. Right. The, the book is written at such a point. Um, since I do fancy myself as a playwright as well, <laughs> there comes a point where it's like, okay, I figured out how this is going to resolve now, and then I'm, I'm done with the play. Unless they can throw me a twist at the end, and this one did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, I shouldn't say that. In Act 2, there is one twist that I, I can't spoil it for you that I wish they had actually pursued more, the, the playwright. Oh, really? Um, because I think they, they kind of tossed it out there, and then they pulled back from it. Oh. And it's like, no, no, he should have leaned into that a little heavier. Um, <laughs> so Bob and I, uh, talking on the way back, we actually disagreed about what, what that moment meant. You and Bob disagreed? I find that hard to believe. I know. <laughs> We're usually lockstep on everything. Hmm. Um, that uh, that may be why he's sick today. I don't know. <laughs> he's devastated over he's that. He's devastated over that. Um, Bob, we feel you. So you had mentioned the scene design. I just wanted to point out that the gentleman who did the scene design is David Corrins, who uh, some of his... Oh, I should have known. I would recognize his work anywhere. Well, some, some of his bona fides were Mrs. Doubtfire. He was nominated for a Tony on Beetlejuice. He also worked for, on Hamilton. Um, and then he has also worked um, with Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, Kanye West, uh, Mariah Carey, Andrea Bocelli, and Stella and Vivian. You know, that's interesting because there were times where I felt this is like a rock concert. And then um, the gentleman who was in charge of projection design is Peter Negrini. Um, and he had also, he's also worked on Beetlejuice, and he got a Tony nomination for that. So a lot of talented people out there. So now I think I want to see Beetlejuice. Yeah, I have heard good things about Beetlejuice. I've avoided Beetlejuice. We, every time we go to New York, we'll, th we'll say, you know, how about Beetlejuice this time around? And we always tend to not. And I think that's just because, as we said before in, in other podcasts, Beetlejuice, I've seen the movie. I don't know if I want to. When there's other stuff out there that I don't know anything about that I'd rather investigate. Yeah. But, you know, Jurassic Park, the musical, I'm there. Oh, can't wait to see those, those I'm dinosaurs on stage. I'm still waiting for Star Trek, the musical. You know, they did Lion King. <laughs> they can do that. So they can do that. Yeah, well, absolutely. Now, I, I want to say, um, uh, I'm so glad you guys got to go. Sorry, Ron, that Sorry. you didn't think of me. Um, and that, that's my bad. But uh, the reason I couldn't go was because Monroe Community Players will be putting on 
Blythe Spirit on October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. 21st and 22nd at 7 o'clock and the 23rd at 2 p.m. Uh, if you'd like to get tickets, just go to our website, www.monroecommunityplayers.org, and uh, get yourself some tickets, because I'm telling you, you're going to have a spauntingly good time. <laughs> And they are going fast. They are. They are going fast. I think sales have doubled in the last 24 hours. So. They certainly have. Um, and we enter a facility that I'm not worried about selling out. You know, if you want to buy a ticket, we will find a way to fit you in. Absolutely. We, we even will. have a balcony now. Yes. We will get you there. <laughs> Premium seating coming soon. It's, it's, now, if you have a little vertigo, you may not want to go up onto the balcony. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. <laughs> I, I'm also it's a. raised uh, nearly six inches above the floor. <laughs> If you, you know, just put a note on your ticket order if you are afraid of heights. We'll make sure we accommodate that for you. I'm going to keep you on the floor. Um, but thank you. Thank you for that plug. Because um, that kind of leads into our um, discussion for the day. Because we have done Blythe Spirit only once before. 65 years ago. Yeah, 65 years ago. So this is kind of an anniversary show. Yeah. Um, but there are plenty of shows that we've done many, 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 many times. Um, and which kind of raises a question, and it's unfortunate that uh, Robert's not here because he's the one who kind of raises this question. Yeah, this was his. But it, it was his idea, so shout out to you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Love you. Um, Hope you're enjoying those Fruit Loops. Zombie shows or monster hits? You know, what are some shows that we think we've done to death and maybe they should remain in the ground? And what are shows that maybe are big enough and that might push the group a little further and, and bring in a few dollars at the same time? So um, we did sit down and look at our history, and over let's see, Again. the earliest show listed on our our records goes back to actually 1940, um, which is prior to what we call the start of the modern group. Um, so that's what 1940. It's 2022. So that's like 70, or 82 80 years, years. 82 mm-hmm. years. Um, so that's a long time. And at the time, we've done 260 some shows. Um, I, you, you think I'd write down the, the important details like that, um, which is interesting because, you know, we, a lot of those shows, I shouldn't say a lot of those shows, what's interesting, of course, is since COVID has been back, um, we are on track to do, like I say, almost 12 shows a year now. Um, in the, the beginning, we were doing one or two shows a season. And, mm-hmm. and we have gradually, over these decades, um, done more and more shows. But what's interesting was to find out, you know, the shows that we've done the most often, surprise, surprise, happen to be Christmas shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the best Christmas pageant ever is, I think, our, our winner with five times. And almost all of those five times are in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Carol in some form or version comes up about at least four times. Um, but then outside of the, the seasonal stuff, uh, and one, it's a wonderful life. It's about three times. Um, you know, we, we got some shows like you can't take it with you. We've done that four times going all the way back to what was, what did I say? 1950. Uh, 1940. So that was one of the earliest shows we did. Um, it's an old show, it's arguably a classic, but there we go. Four times you can't take it with you. Is apparently this? you can. Yeah, apparently you can. <laughs> you know, is, so it, over and over. Is that a classic show, or is it a zombie that should be laid to rest to make room for another show? <laughs> um, our sneaking old lace that we make fun of constantly. Mm-hmm. We've only done that three times. Yeah. It just feels like eight. It just feels like eight. <laughs> um, we've done Harvey three times. Um, people love Harvey. Uh, Bob uh, played Harvey, or not Harvey, Harvey's the rabbit, right? Rabbit, yeah. Uh, Bob played Dodd, mm-hmm. the, the character, Mr. Dodd. Um, 
El, Elwood, Elmer, whatever. So it's obviously one of my favorites. <laughs> Did you see that duck fly by? Uh, <laughs> um, thought I hit the cough button. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ron's giving me the look like you didn't have to mention it. <laughs> but, but another one we've done multiple times is Send Me No Flowers. I, now, we have not done that in the past couple decades, but still it's like, why are we doing Send Me No Flowers three times? Can we, I mean... Sure, I'm as much of a Rock Hudson, Tony Randall, Doris Day fan as anybody else, but... Well, you know... As I said, off, off, uh, Tony Randall and Rock Hudson make an amazingly gorgeous couple. Well, and I'll tell you, the three of them as a team mm-hmm. were in several movies together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Perhaps the theme of the show resonated with the group at the time. <laughs> it should resonate with the group now, then. <laughs> For those who don't know, the theme of the show is the main character thinks he's dying. Um, and then, then hilarity ensues. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. he, he basically tries to find a new husband for his wife. Yeah, I think maybe it's time to pull that one back out, Ron. Maybe, hey. Uh, coming in 2020. Well, no, we can't say that. No, don't say no. No. Please don't sue us. Yeah. And again, fine show, but but is, <clears throat> is it something we should do so? So I, I guess my question is, how do you know when a show is a zombie? And it's like, are we doing this show because somebody had a good memory of it? Or are we doing a show because it, people really want to see it? Well, that's a really good question. And I, I, for me, I think that, um, uh, let's take Blythe Spirit, uh, which, again, 65 years between doing it now and, and the first time players did it. Now, it's been 18 years. I... Where I when I did Blythe Spirit for the very first time, by Noel Coward, of course. Um, I just love saying the word name Noel Coward. Um, but the umlaut goes over the e. Thank you. And the h is silent in war. Um, <laughs> however, uh, and so I was really excited about uh, auditioning and hoping to get the the, the part of Charles again uh, because I had an amazingly great time when I did it the first time uh, with the group that I did stuff with um, uh, in Ypsilanti. Uh, so now I'm in the middle of rehearsals and I've realized something. You don't like the show? No. I, lo- <laughs> <laughs> I love the show. Um, You're not having a good time? I, I, that's where I thought somebody was going to go, uh, and, and I am having a wonderful time. Uh, and and yes, it it was because of those memories of having it as a good time there that made me want to relive it. However, interestingly, and I'm going to do a little bit of a of a um, uh, what is it that we call it? tangent verse? Yeah. I've also discovered, and I was telling our good friend Norb uh, this the other night that um, as I'm trying to relearn these lines. Uh, there are three different spots in this 137-page script that, um, I know, 137. Uh, there's three acts, three scenes in Act 2, two scenes in Act 1 and 2. Um, but this is the large double type. <laughs> or double, and that's the, it is the large the double large type print. The large double print, right. whatever you call that, edition for seniors. So. Exactly. Thank you, <laughs> yes. Um, but what I did realize is that uh, still a long as, I'm, as I'm re-memorizing these lines, that the three sections that I could never quite totally get 18 years ago are the same ones. are the same exact ones that I'm still struggling with, and I have no bloody... I can't figure out why. Hmm. 
So um, but not that that matters. But if any of you out there send me an email if you think you know why I can't do that, other than I'm just incompetent, which or, we all know. Or you could buy a ticket and come see and make sure Brian gets through those three spots. Absolutely. Uh, now, the other thing I want to say about the whole thing that you, the question you asked is, I think part of it is because of the audience, uh, the audiences that you bring in. Now, we are still, and we've laughed and joked about it many, many times, that we bring in a lot of the senior audience. And we still do because a lot of that senior audience remembers and enjoys stuff like you can't take it with you, arsenic and old lace, lace, life, life spirit, um, like, you know, anyway, um, they, you know, they relate to them. They have fond memories, odd couple again. Um, but there is going to come a point and it's coming much quicker than I think any of us realize where all of those the generation that's going to be old after us is the generation that's going to go, well, I'd rather see Rent for the 95th time than whatever that new play is that, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I think that is a big part of it is we do these old uh, chestnuts or classics or however you want to call it because we still have an audience that wants to see them. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that we don't have audiences that want to see new stuff. And we proved that with Doubt, and we proved that with uh, Twilight of the Golds as well. Not, and I don't mean new, but <laughs> I knew. I, folks, <laughs> our, our fearless leader raised his finger, and I went, nope, I know where he's going. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes. 20-year-old shows are not new. <laughs> not new. Um, they are for some groups who are afraid that we can't do those type of shows. And nor are they edgy. <laughs> nor are they edgy um but uh i do think that is part of it well and and that's in, and it's shoot i forgot what was going on. but that is interesting so the um so i think that there's a question too does age really play into a decision on where to do another show um i would say in the case of you can't take it with you obviously not that show was old i think probably when they first did it in 1940 mm-hmm. actually 1940 is probably when it was new mm-hmm. um that's probably when the first movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, what an Oscar! Yeah, but but even then, I, for example, I doubt that way back then anyone was clamoring for John Loves Mary, which we did in 1949. Now you know it's interesting because I, I looked that one up as well because I thought, hmm, you know, and that starred um, former President Ronald Reagan, <laughs> and the promise of that show is, in case anybody really wants to know, is uh, he comes back from the war and he's finally going to marry his girlfriend. However, he's already married because he made a pact with his friend over in the war that he would take care of his girlfriend. So he married his girlfriend, his friend's girlfriend. So he comes back to the States with, he's already married and he's trying to figure out how to get out of that. But he's been gone already for two years, so his girlfriend at home gets married to someone else. Clarity and hijinks ensue. Yeah, <laughs> and again, that probably maybe meant something to someone in players at the time. Right, nineteen forty nine. Right. The war had just ended exactly. not sure. too long ago. Sure. Uh, you know, if we get back to the age thing, um, I don't know. I I think it might be kind of fun to take one of these old shows, well, and try and put us and, and not change it, but to bring it and do it now. So, like for example, some you know flowers. You know, that would be kind of neat to maybe kind of put it in modern day and obviously you can't change the, the 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 actual script but you know put it today's day and see how different it would look well and, and I, that's because i've been re, been trying to read dear ruth 
which is allegedly the first show that we did after the group was revitalized by Bill and Marie Smith in 1949. And I looked at that, and you notice I said I've been trying to read that. <laughs> right. I caught that, yeah. Um, yeah. One, one of the issues is, right away, I think it's very clear to me that the maid character oh, yeah. is black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bet you mm-hmm. they played that straight that they did not have an African-American to play that part. Mm. And as I'm reading it, it's like some stereotypical stuff in here, and I'm not sure it should be done anymore. I have a suspicion by the title that everybody loves Opal. Mm. Mm. Maybe the same kind of thing. Now, I don't know. I haven't read that show, and like I said, to start with Dear Ruth, but just as I'm reading this, I said, oh, this seems like a stereotypical black maid. Um, and I think that would be problematic. So that those are shows that I think maybe, unfortunately, need to be put down. <laughs> yeah, those, those they need to be zombified. Even though I think I agree with you that there's a historical interest. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I know that uh, we were doing some Custer thing, and they wanted to do. Um, we were approached about doing our American cousin, um, just to, you know, the show that Lincoln saw when he was shot. Um, mm never actually got to reading that because we just weren't able to take on something like that at the time but i think a lot of these older shows especially go back in the 1800s um there just may be some problems with mm-hmm. them oh, sure. that you can't sure. overcome because right. we as a society just feel they are not appropriate anymore now the dark humor side of me says if you really want to do that show no and just call it a like a a quick one act or skit you could do about as much of it as as he got through and then just suddenly it's over yeah well and and maybe i'm wrong so i'm gonna i'll give another attempt to read dear ruth um i don't know if there's there may be some players out there saying david it's an absolutely charming show I, will, I, I remember it. I saw it. I doubt that. I don't, think, I don't think any of us quite go back that far. Um, but, but there may be others who, who think that it would work. Because um, I thought it would be just interesting to do our first show and, and uh, see it. But yeah, like I say, just kind of reading it's like this is supposed to be played with an African-American woman. Yeah, yeah. That might be dicey. I have a question and about we, yours. And, and to go back, and, and we have done plays before that clearly – they had an African-American person in mind, but because that wasn't really part of the play, mm-hmm. you know, the, her, the blackness of the character, so to speak, wasn't part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, we just played it with the community that we had, the, the, the colorblind casting, so to speak. Sure. Though not the way colorblind casting is intended to work, it's supposed to increase in, you know, inclusivity, not, not say, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we want to do it the other way. But... Um, you know, there are ways that can be done. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. You may want to cut it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I cut a lot. Um, back to your your idea. So let's take uh, either arsenic or lace or, or uh, you can't take it with you. Okay. Now, are you saying like updated to the point where if there's a phone call, somebody takes their cell phone out and and uses that i mean is that what you're talking about like modernizing no i i think that stuff like that to where especially arsenic and old lace you can't because i mean obviously with with a cell phone somebody would see jonathan and and you know dr einstein doing what they're doing somebody have a have a camera out taking it right and and, um no i don't think so i think that just you know taking it updating the sets Mm -hmm. you know and but keeping obviously 
certain things the way they are, but I just think just to get a, a, a fresh perspective. I mean, you know, especially you take a group of people that have never seen or done that show before and just have them say, hey, here you go. It's, you know, I mean, and, and I, without reading it for, obviously, I don't know. Right. But obviously, you know, can could you, is there a specific time frame in mind? Is it set in this time? Yeah, and certainly a lot of shows when they're written, they're tended to be timeless. Right. But the reality is, uh, you know, use Christopher Hansen or Christopher Hansen. Evan. Evan Hansen. Now, that would be something. Christopher Dear Evan Chris Hansen. Hansen. What did you come here with the Zima for? <laughs> Folks, now that's a musical you know you would come to see. All of a sudden, here comes the guy in with the Zima and everything else. And he pops out of the wings with his little song and dance. Ah, I think I got a winner. Oh, my Lord, I got a winner. You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) But that's the kind of thing that social media plays so heavily into that show that I think the danger is within a few years... It may be dated because right. who knows where social media is going. Right. Exactly. You know, the exactly. feed as they, they show it now may not be as appropriate right. um, in 10 years, five years, tomorrow. Um, you know, because none of that, all that feed was Twitter yep. accounts, placed heavily into Twitter and stuff. Well, everybody's on TikTok now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. So I, so I think playwrights, almost know, whether everything. they, whenever they do something that's predominant of the time they've dated the show whether they mean to or not look at twilight of the ghost just gonna say yeah Yeah. and that was one of the discussions we had uh, back i think episode 14 was um you know the the the, i know it is the the issue that um some of that stuff was very dated but what show eventually doesn't become dated even uh shows which i know isn't a new show. Well, dear, like you said, Dear Evan Hansen is eventually going to, in some way, shape, or form, become dated. Uh, probably Hamilton, in some way, is going to become dated at some point as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's that's just a, a, probably the nature of the beast, right? Yeah. Well, and I think Hamilton's probably in a greater danger because musical trends, they change slower than technological trends, but the tastes do change. And it's like people may say, I don't want to hear... Um, hip hop kind of mm-hmm. kind of show. I want want it to be all futuristic disco, whatever it is coming up. <laughs> whatever, whatever the next thing will be, yeah, it won't be know. disco. Starlight right. Express. You never know. We could do Starlight Express. We could do Starlight. Not not now. We I would put up the balcony. <laughs> darn it. We, we don't have a level floor anymore. We don't. Yeah. That darn uh, balcony. Yeah. You got to come to Blight the Spirit to see the balcony that we're talking about. Yeah. Again, put it on your ticket uh, notes if you have yeah. height issues. We will not put you in the balcony. And let me tell you, that balcony was built by three, the three the, these best, three groups. Four best men. Yeah. Four best men. Yep. Couldn't have found better people. Yep. Could, could yep. not have done that. <laughs> Teamsters would be proud. <laughs> It was the Three Stooges and Shemp. <laughs> we were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Curly Joe Owen, Curly and all three of us. Wait, it's been a long time since we've done a Three Stooges reference. Well, I guess not. Last episode, we talked about Mo, didn't we? Yeah. No, that was the beginning of this that one. Was the beginning, the beginning of this, of this one. one. They all blurred together. Has it? It's just, has it been a hundred episodes already? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, so, so zombie shows. So I don't think we've really gotten too far on, on how to determine a zombie show is. But I think that's one of the things. Is like, is it relevant? Is it really speak today? Can you cast it appropriately for the time? 
Can you afford it? Can you afford it? Can you afford it? It's a big one. Um, I would say if you're doing a show because, oh, I remember being in that show 20 years ago and it was delightful, it's probably not the reason to do the show. Exactly. You know, look at it. Look at your audience, either the audience you have or the audience you want to attract Mm -hmm. and and see if that show's worth resurrecting. Now, on the other side, we have the monster hits. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I want to toss out there that the monster shows you want to do may not necessarily be hits necessarily with an audience, but are they a show that pushes your group? And in our case, I'll use the production of Beauty and the Beast that I had directed here. Um, everyone does Beauty and the Beast now. It's not an unusual show. It's you know timeless, Disney classic and all that. But I maintain that almost everybody does it incorrectly in community theater because they don't spend the time to push the envelope and they don't look at how Broadway did it. They don't even look at the animated uh, feature film. Um, that show for us, I thought, was the biggest monster hit, not because we got a lot of people. We didn't. I, we, I mean, we had to limit ticket sales because of the way our royalty structure was taken. It was the first, it was, we were one of the first groups to get it. Mm-hmm. But it pushed us creatively in a technical sense because we wanted things that we had never done before, which included moving sets. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the Beast walked out into his room singing his big song before they ended back to his castle rotated around him while he continued to walk until he came out onto the balcony and the stars projected behind him. When Gaston fell off the, the tut turret, you know, he walked out on this, basically it was a six foot high wall and fell off. Wow. Um, when the beast transformed, unlike a lot of folks where they just put a smoke machine on for 10 minutes while the guy's wiping the makeup off his face, <laughs> I, I did a switch on them. I, I brought in a dummy to be the beast so our real beast starts to die, and then when people are watching Gaston fall on one side of the stage, it was a quick little switch on the other side of the stage, and suddenly the handsome prince was there. The voice was still our original beast, but there was no fuss, no muss, and when that cape dropped, he was already transformed. In fact, I was disappointed that it needed a bigger reaction mm. because people it's like, why don't people then I found out later it's because they thought that was really Not early person. actor. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get that, but no one questioned how did he get his makeup off that fast? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. On Broadway, you know, I know they must be using body doubles or, or dummies or something because there's just, you just can't remove makeup that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, same thing with, uh, uh, I don't know. But anyway, so I thought it pushed me. And, and Norm Nowak, who we've mentioned sometimes on the show, he said, you know, after doing that show, I know we can do anything. So it ended up being a confidence builder for the group, too. Because mm-hmm. for years after, it was like, well, if we can do this, we can do any show we want. Mm-hmm. And I think that is important, that you want a show that you're going to look at and say, this is impossible. And then when you get to the other side of it, it's like, okay. What bigger thing can we do? Yeah, we did this. What's next? What's, what's next? the What's the next mountain for us to climb? Right. Yeah. And and that that's what I think you got to do. I mean, there's other big shows you can do, but it's like, what's the show that's going to push you technically? And I, was, I know I'm self-serving and taking a lot of credit for things here, mm-hmm. but when we did Mary Poppins, I insisted I only do it if she, we can fly her. Mm-hmm. It cost us a lot of money to fly her, but she flew. But she flew. Mm-hmm. Audience loved it. This was another show with a couple special effects. It's like, why doesn't the audience appreciate this moment more? And again, it's partly because the audience just expects it. Right. When you set the standard so high for yourself, mm-hmm. there's a scene, of course, where she pulls out the, the coat rack from her bag. 
Well, we yeah. did that in such a way in the middle of the floor. Right. We I had Michael crawling under the thing to show it was a, you know, it wasn't coming up from the floor. It wasn't coming from a wall or anything like I've seen other groups do where it's like, oh, it's coming out of this drawer that happens to be connected to a wall. Well, you know, it's coming out of the wall. Right. And I won't tell you how the trick was done because, you know, magicians and all that. But basically... I, and I honestly have been wanting to know for years because I've never well, asked you. I would you. tell you off stage. Okay. Uh, but, you know, she's pulling out this six-foot um, coat rack. Mm-hmm. And the audience never like, ooh, that's cool. And it finally dawned on me it's because they expect it. It's because mm-hmm. of the nature of the show. Sure. But anyway, that, again, pushed us in some t- technical problems, how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up making money on that show. Mm-hmm. You know, Not a lot, but we made money. So if you do it well, you can make some money on it. Um, we've had other big shows, um, like the producers and stuff, that also will bring in the crowds. But, um, but you know, what what can you do with that show that you haven't done before? Producers, you had to change the set entirely from, you know, the office to this all white office. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pretty big switch to do for any group. Uh, noises off when we did. That. I was about. I was. I was waiting. We had to spin the set. You turned it all around, and we did it during intermission mm-hmm. the audience watched us do it because we had no curtain mm-hmm. and so that became almost part of the show is watching us set up for act two and not only that for noises off and that's another show i would do again in a in a heartbeat um and you'd be fun to do that show with as well um he's pointing at me he's i'm pointing at ron because i've already done it with dave and I'll, I'll do any show with dave but i'll do any show with ron anyway um he says that the the other thing about that show not only the the technic uh, the technical um how beautiful is technically because you got to spin it around is at that at one point when you spin it around you've got your backstage in front for people to watch however you've also got all those actors that are backstage of the actual theater who are still pretending to perform that show while every while the the actors that aren't on on stage are on the backstage and it sounds confusing but it was it, it was <laughs> but it, it you know it it's he's right that is a monster show that when if you do it right you come off of that just thinking you you've stepped on the moon yeah. Not good well. yeah and it's a funny show and it is a hilarious show yeah, done properly it's a hilarious show mm-hmm. uh, back to producers i was only involved in the front of the house for that but i remember um <clears throat> when it was my turn to be able to watch the show i remember sitting at the mire and afterwards i went up to bob and i said that this was one of those moments where you forgot where you were it was so well done that you didn't realize that you were at the mire theater at mineral community college mm-hmm. watching mineral community players and you know they put their heart and soul into that show and well okay <laughs> but I also, but but to that point, and the same thing with Mary Poppins, and the same thing with with some of the Beauty and the Beast. Once you do it, you have to be careful though that if you go back to try to do it again, like a model, right? You know, if that if that bar is set so high and you don't hit it, hmm. you know, you, not only do you maybe disappoint yourself, but you might disappoint your audience who remembers. Oh, hey, remember when we went and saw Mary Poppins and she flew? Let's go see it again, and this time she doesn't fly. Yeah. You know, so or she falls halfway, right? Something, you know. So I think that that that's another uh, a piece of the monster every night the, of the monster show is that sometimes it, it is you go to that well too many times, yeah, and it becomes well. A and again, but that's how I think you maintain your quality as mm-hmm. a group. Yep, 
you got to say, remember what we did. You have to say, you remember what you did here, and we got to replicate that. Um, Blythe Spirit that's coming up on October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Thank you. Monroecommunityplayers.org. Uh, you know, we have special effects in that show. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to figure some of those out. Mm-hmm. Um, and by we, he doesn't mean him because he's on vacation or he's gone out of town. For <laughs> wish we were vacation, but and you're in the show, so and I'm in. The show. Wait a minute, we're looking at Ron. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Um, and can I also say, since we're talking about monster shows, uh, and by the way, let me let me just go with what and these. This is personal attitude, the personal opinions. It, to me, if you want to know a, zo- a couple of zombie shows that I I would just say don't don't bother anymore. Um, and one of them's on our list is the most uh, guys and dolls. Just, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know what, folks, don't bother. It, it just—I I mean, if you love it, do it. I mean, I'm never going to tell anybody not to do something, but to me, that is such a dated zombie show. Oklahoma is another one. Everybody knew I was going to say the old word, but um, yeah, those two. Psh. But when it comes to monster shows, and and we're talking, and you are talking the technical end of things. Um, uh, with Mary Poppins and Beauty and the Beast and Noises Off. Sometimes a monster show is the show that just pushes you as an actor mm-hmm. and pushes the audience. I will tell you, and this is just my opinion, everything here is mostly opinions. Any show that anybody in your group says, we can't do this show in this town because it won't work, that's the show you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right then and there. When yep. somebody says you can't, do it. All right. Dear Ruth is back on the schedule. <laughs> yes. I don't think we can do that. <laughs> Brian, you're going to be the maid, right? Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for doing that. I set him up for something that yeah. shouldn't, he just I shouldn't can't handle. No, I, no. Um, but I do think, uh, you know. I, I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because, and again, and I've said we, we have to do shows that grow us as actors. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, many of the shows we do, some of the you know the 48 dramas we've done over the years that was mostly because we we should push ourselves as actors mm-hmm. um i think we should occasionally do pull out shakespeare even though it's not something we do all the time but again it helps us grow as actors mm-hmm. um if not adding to the cultural fabric of the of the community sure um, but yeah and which is where a show like a noise is off pushes technically a beauty and beast mary poppins producers all those push us technically but even a and show that seems I think like it pushes us physically a little bit absolutely. too as an actress but but even even i'm just going back to some other shows i've done um for a period there i was like the music director of the group i don't know why um damn yankees you know you on the surface it's kind of an old chestnut but you know there were some things in there that we hadn't done before there's a transformation from old joe into shoeless joe there's a dance that um i had the dancers saying we can't do that i said yeah we can mm-hmm. um, you know i said that's a, it's a locker room dance i want some physicality there i had a lead actress who was willing to do it you know so we're tossing her around the stage now in hindsight <laughs> brittle brittle bone me who's saying oh my gosh we can't do that to people yeah. um you know what if what if we dropped her or or what if i'm doing camelon and i set a bomb off in the middle of the theater <laughs> deafen one of your actors deafen deafen one of the actors um and it was not a literal bomb it just sounded like it oh boy uh, did it uh, I was told it was just a little bit of sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> we we miss you, Jim. We, miss we really Jim. miss you, Jim. <laughs> um, but but again, uh, I personally try to whenever I direct, I try to find something that is going to push our boundaries a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
or or I just say, Ron, do whatever you want up there, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron always pulls it off brilliantly, no matter what Absolutely it is. Absolutely brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, it's, well, here's what I would have done. done. <laughs> Ron had the pleasure been. of playing a part in Doubt that I played previously. So it was like, okay, let him do it. That was very intimidating. It's got to it's gotta be I his bet. own. He's got to do his own thing. Um, because that, and you know, that's a big part of theater. You got to let the actors act, yeah. um, no and matter how wrong they are. You got to let them do it. <laughs> well, and that's funny, and especially choices, if, if, if you're I'm directing kidding, Ron, a show, you. if you're directing a show that you were in, that makes it harder too, because you do come in, no matter if you want to or not, you come in with some preconceived notions, especially about the part that you've been in, yeah, that you've played. Well, that's hard. Story about that. God rest his soul, Jim Shea with rumors mm. the man did the show so many times that you know and we'd get up there and we'd go through rehearsal and, okay wait 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 wait. Why don't, why don't you try this so then we'd get the opening night okay i'm not gonna give you any more notes opening night happens next night we get there well i got notes for you <laughs> yeah but this is it and it was it was because he had played yeah, lenny so many times mm-hmm. that you know he just wanted to make sure that you know, he got the best out of you and he did yeah you know and yeah. i didn't know he played lenny yeah, so that was what I played. So, do we have a moment for Dave's diatribe? Oh, oh right yes. Ahead. <laughs> Instead of Ron's rant. Yeah. yeah, go for it. Loved Jim. Rest in peace. Great guy. I get so frustrated with directors who can't let the show go. In my opinion, once that curtain opens on opening night, you are done. Yes. Yep. The show is going to be what the show is. If the stage manager sees something that's grossly out of place, let the stage manager handle it. Um, you know, if, they, if they're, they're blocking his off and they're going to stand under a bucket that's about to drop or something like that. <laughs> Don't know when that's ever happened, but, you know, I've stuttered ever since. <laughs> um, we, we got to, you, you got to let the show go. At some point, you just got to say, I'm done. Yeah. It is what it is. Yes. And, yep. and I, even though we all hate the saying, it is what it is, but sometimes that's the truth. It's mm-hmm. true. So I don't know if that's the definition of a diatribe, but that's what kind of was the double alliteration with the D's. <laughs> Dave's rant just didn't sound right. No. Uh-uh. Um, so so that, that's my say. And I totally um, agree with you. Know, directors, directors, yep. opening night, just unless it's grossly out of place, <laughs> let it go. Yep. Yep. The audience won't necessarily you know it's, it's so true the audience doesn't know what yeah. you know yeah. and sometimes they'll go with it now if you've got an actor who suddenly just after playing a romantic lead for 10 weeks in rehearsal suddenly decides that his character is actually a closeted um, <laughs> I don't know how to say this in the, with the company in the room <laughs> has suddenly decided that he is a bit more flamboyant than you would like <laughs> You know, as as the as the cisgender heterosexual <laughs> romantic lead, mm-hmm. then you might have a word with that direct that, that actor afterwards. It's like and that's very true. Go, although, go although going back to to the to the <laughs> to the soon to be blithe spirit on October twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, that's the great thing about being a gay man trying to play a straight part. If they're British. You get away with it. you get away with it a lot easier. Trust me. <laughs> is, he, is he gay or European? <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> Ooh, legally blonde. Yikes. Another show we haven't done. No. Um, and, and you know that's something. I'm sorry, talking monster hits and zombie shows. Of all these shows we've done, I'm surprised the shows we haven't done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we've let some opportunities go by. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
<laughs> now there's some shows that we had tried to do and and they fell apart at the last minute or something young frankenstein being one of them little right. Ad, little, little Mermaid. adam's family adam's family we never really seriously pursued adam's oh, family yet okay. we should even though with fear of going into a tangent here adam's family is a monster's plot uh, so it doesn't work as what well. i enjoyed the show but it, as a purist i have some issues with it so if we were to do it should we get rob zombie to no <laughs> No hesitation at no, all. No, he knew where I was going oh. to. <laughs> oh, I'll be like Lurch. Oh. That, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, if we get to talk about that in the other podcast, oh, yes. that we keep mentioning that we never do. Um, I, I have a few words for Mr. Zombie. Okay. Uh-oh. I will put that on my I know, list. I know he's quaking in his <laughs> Yes. Uh, just let his people know nothing has been said yet. Yes. yes. So uh-huh. hold off on those cease and desist letters. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. He's, he's, he's fine all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. Yeah. Okay. I, I usually try to give great leeway to people in their creative de- decision because, you know, it's a different way. Maybe it's not my way. I'm not necessarily the generation, but sometimes folks you just get it wrong i will say since we've already went down this rabbit hole i've seen three different people from three different aspects of my life who have seen it somehow and i didn't think it was out yet that's because netflix has it buried but it is out oh yeah okay you have to search for it but it's there but wow that really did yeah it was supposed to air on peacock universal looked at it and said yeah well this isn't our brand Mm -hmm. going back to earlier discussions Mm -hmm. sold it to netflix netflix says Hmm. Yeah, this isn't going to ever trend. There you go. Well, the three people that I watch know, monsters go home instead. You'll be much happier. Said it is so bad that in twenty, and they all said this separately, not knowing each other. It is so bad that in twenty years, it is going to be a cult classic where young kids go to get to and will drink and whatever, and then sit there and just laugh their butts off because of how bad it is. I swear he's twitching. I don't know. I don't know. Are you smelling toast? Well, I, I, I probably will not be here in 20 years, so. Oh, I think you will. Right. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Wow. The good right. guy young. So I should be. Uh, but but yeah. I am still so, here. <laughs> so anyway, so Monster Hits. So, so I think we agree it's not necessarily about the numbers in the audience. It's about how it pushes your group creatively. Mm-hmm. If you can get a buck out of it. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. Um, because I'll tell you, some of the bigger shows we're talking about, again, these musicals, uh, unless unless you have a solid season backing and you got you know, full houses every time, you may have trouble making money on a couple of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you catch the right musical at the right time, like High School Musical, mm-hmm. uh, which we caught at the right time, we had sold out seats for that. Mm-hmm. It was not the most technically demanding show we did, except for perhaps one scene. Um, but you know. It's the certain things you get that wave you're you're, you're golden mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and that and that's a problem i think i think musicals you get those waves i think it's harder to find the dramas and the comedies mm-hmm. that you know it's, what's the hot new comedy what's the hot new drama yeah. um which is why you know we we do bell book and candle three times <laughs> <laughs> I directed one of them. I, I, I have to admit that. Again, that was a show I, I played. I played the part of Darren, um, but that was up in uh, up in Ipsy. And again, it was like, uh, it was, it's a cute show. Yeah, it, it, it bewitched took the idea and 
yeah. fully realized it, I guess. Yeah. I'd like to think that I was more of a Dick Sergeant than a Dick York, but like either way, I was. Well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think we're about out of time for this, yeah. this conversation. Um, so I'd like to thank everybody out there for listening in as we appreciate each and every one of you. I, as I said last time, we love you all. Um, which gets me looks from this room here and saying, but but it's like, gosh, everybody with successful podcast says we love you. So I we do. Love we you love too. you. I do too. We love you, dog. Actually, we do. We, we do. We really, we really do. Very fond. Of All forty-eight of you. Yeah, so, there's more than that. I know there is. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah. if you like this, please. So the the sixty of you. <laughs> I was going with two thousand and. Really okay, impressive. I don't know the the amazing number of you out there who are listening if you like this podcast we can't even count that high uh, like this podcast please like us rate us spotify give us some honest feedback um we can take it but i, I hopefully it's good feedback um if you want to send us a constructive note about some topic that you would like to see us cover hey send us an email at mineral community players at yahoo.com um i'd love we love to get your emails we love to do that who knows you may get quoted on the air get a shout out um mm -hmm. things that we did not get to today um we have some dreams for this show and this podcast too including going on the road so if you want to join the groupies in new york city in 2023 you need to help support us <laughs> folks you won't believe what you'll see yes mm -hmm. um, um but but either either we go on our own or uh um, maybe it's a tour bus that we gather together and get a bunch of people to go but that's our new dream and we are what is it active realization we're going to manifest it into reality yeah that's Darn right doing. that's what we're doing the groupies go to new york Wouldn't or be something or groupies somewhere. do broadway oh wait, we're doing wait. london that's another type. and not Ontario. I've already been in the West End. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto, Toronto is a little closer. We could probably do that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so keep join us on that journey. Keep keep us um, keep keep following us, and and let's see what we can do as a build as we build the groupie nation. Absolutely, the community and community players. So keep listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Like I say, give us a rating. Um, tell us, oh gosh, you guys are just out of your minds. Or, or tell us, here's something I'd like you to talk about. Check out Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page and our website. Be sure to search for Monroe, Michigan, uh, MonroeCommunityPlayers.org, where you can buy tickets to our current shows, including Black Spirit, which is coming up. More groupies fun at our podcast page on Facebook. And please email us with your comments and thoughts about this or any other episode 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 as i mentioned at monroe community players at yahoo.com be sure to let us know it's okay to read your email on the podcast the art and business of community theater has been production of monroe community players and was recorded high atop the benish building of the monroe public access cable television podcast studio in beautiful downtown monroe question and here is our question of the episode what is your can't miss monster hit mm. and i think we can add to that and what's the one show that you think needs to rest in peace forever? We are the Groupies. We will see you in the green room. Miss you, Bob. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it hasn't.